and like a fresh set of tires, we are ready to roll. Welcome, welcome everyone to episode 21 of the Real Principles of Formula One. Oops, I mean Eaton Asphalt. I am your host Marco with my co-host Ian. Ian, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, man. Literally could not be more excited for this weekend. It's kind of like a show that leaves you on a cliffhanger where you just want more. I feel like all I want to see is some fireworks fly from uh, from the past fireworks that we saw in Silverstone. So really genuinely excited for this one and, uh, and can't wait to see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've seen more off the track drama than on the track this week. And I, I don't know why I just I just can't get enough. But with all of that said, let's get into the episode and just going to walk you through as always what uh, what we're going to be covering this week. Starting off, we're going to hit some recent headlines. Uh, there is a lot to be talking about there. Then we're going to get into uh, about the track, some of the weather that's going on, and then we're going to go through our race predictions and uh, any summer plans, summer break plans coming up with this last race for a little bit. And to get right into it, let's start off with some recent headlines. George Russell said that he will not be driving for Red Bull next season as speculation over his future continues to swirl. So this is something that we've been actually talking about the past few weeks. What better way to piss Toto off than Red Bull stealing your expected number two just right on the rug? I think this is perfect with all this drama that's going on that Christian, this would kind of be the last laugh uh, that Christian could get from Toto. But nonetheless, George has made it very, very clear that he said he is loyal to a Mercedes car, whether it be the Mercedes engine in Williams or the Mercedes in general, he will be driving a Mercedes next year. Yeah, I like... I don't even know if this was necessary to say. Like, obviously, that's probably going to happen. He's in the Mercedes driver family. But let us believe for a little while, or at least, like, blow a little smoke, George. But, yeah, I think th- I think most people would probably have guessed this. But it was still fun to have that little bit of ambiguity, smoke and mirrors during the silly season. Yeah, and why rule something out? Like, what if Red Bull comes and we're going we're gonna to throw you $25 million a year? Like, how yeah. do you, is that still <laughs> ruling that out? Like, where's your actual line? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, everybody's got a price, and if Christian Horner just pumped money down George's throat, I think it'd be hard to say no if it was in that, you know, let's say he comes at him with $40 million. Let's give him a Lewis Hamilton-type paycheck, which would never happen, but it's fun to think about. Leave that door open, um, and yeah, and, and let's, let's think about George Russell and Max trying to sandwich Lewis. Um, speaking of Lewis, Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen. Uh, we saw what happened last week, and Lewis celebrating, Max going back at him with the unsportsmanlike and disrespectful. Um, Lewis said that he was going to call Max. I kind of thought that this wouldn't happen, that he was just saying, yeah, like, you know, I'll, I'll give him a call, check in on him. I guess the phone call actually did happen. Uh, Max didn't really seem to care that much, didn't really seem to make any kind of amends other than I think Lewis just checked that box to say, look, I did my part, I called him. Uh, and but again, I obviously that relationship is gone for the foreseeable future for the rest of this championship fight. Which, all things considered, great thing to happen halfway through the championship fight is is you know these two guys just going at each other's throats and not really liking each other. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do have some quotes from both Lewis and Max that I thought were pretty strong from both sides. And Max goes on and recently says, yeah, he did call me. I don't want to go into details about that, but we did have a chat. And then they were asking about his disrespectful tweet because I honestly didn't know if he was talking about the fans, if he was talking about Mercedes in general. And he does answer this. He said it 
if you mean with disrespectful when one guy is in the hospital and the other one is waving the flag around like nothing has happened while you pushed a guy into the wall at 51 G's, not only that, just the whole reaction of the team besides that, I think. That's not how you celebrate the win, especially a win with how they got it. So yeah, that's what I found really disrespectful in a way. I mean, that shows how they really are, you know. It comes out with a pressured situation. So I think that was, uh, yeah, yeah, just right off the bat saying, yep, I, you know, I think what they did was messed up and I was not a fan and it just shows low class with Mercedes. And Lewis did have a quote regarding the crash as well. He said, I did give Max a call after the race just to check if he was okay and let him know that the respect is still there, but obviously it perhaps is not reciprocated. So I'm I'm guessing that call did not go very well uh, based off of both of those responses. But I mean, man, it is, it is very fun to just get into these weeds. Yeah, we were going to talk about this while we were previewing Red Bull, but I think it's appropriate to bring it up now. Max is essentially like the girlfriend that you get in a fight with who says that the fight's over but still gives you little nicks and, and you know, taps and checks just bringing up what you did or something you said. He's just like, he did say, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm totally past it, moving forward. I don't want to talk about it anymore in the media. And then literally I think one of the first couple of questions he got from the floor in the media presser, uh, he brought up, yeah, you know, it was like just, it's still disrespectful, I think, and just kind of talking shit back was just a really great way to show that. It was a good way to say, I don't care, but I care. Yeah, it's like, as you said, the girlfriend thing, it's like, oh, like, are you mad, babe? And she's like, oh, no, I'm fine. And then it's like, I think it's funny, though. And then that's like, that's kind of just like, he's like, oh, I'm fine. But I think it's funny that, like, he pushed me into the fucking wall. <laughs> I'm not mad, but um, in, like, 45 minutes, I'm going to bring up what happened again with the same mm-hmm. veracity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on, a name that I was not expecting to talk about this week, Nicholas Latifi has a blog, and this came out over Twitter where he posted about him uh, riding a giant tank and say, you know, check out my blog. We actually were interested about said blog. We just got on the website that this blog is hosted on and nothing is loading. So this is very fitting for a Williams driver, and also I don't know if he's going to be in the Williams uh, car next year because, I mean, it seems like he might be driving a, a car faster than the Williams right now. So, Slam. Got him. In other news, Fernando Alonso joins Kimi Raikkonen in the Old Man Club by turning 40 today. July 29th is when we're recording this, so happy birthday to Fernando Alonso. He had a bunch of quotes about He's like, ah, I feel 25. It's like, yeah. When you were 25, you were uh, in contention for winning a championship, and now I'm pretty sure you're just there to guide Esteban Ocon, but congratulations to him for being 40 years old and still getting into that cockpit and actually putting in some good uh, good performances so far this year. Yeah, and if you guys have not seen the interviews, Seb and Alonzo did do their interviews this week together. Uh, that was a very entertaining one to, to watch. Seb tried to shoot him with a party popper and shot it back at himself. And then they were asking Seb if he they see himself in six years racing when he is 40, and he shot that down pretty damn quick. But uh, yeah, yeah, congrats to, to Fernando. Uh, moving on to that, Red Bull, going back to this whole Red Bull and Mercedes drama, Red Bull had Alex Albon reenact Lewis's lap to try and show evidence that it was Lewis's fault. I don't understand how this is like they were Red Bull was talking about this and be like, oh, this will win him over is just just to have this one driver try to reenact the exact same line that he was driving in clearly did not work. Uh, and I, I thought that was yeah extremely entertaining just to, to say that. And they made a big deal about Alex Albon being the one to do it. It's it's so ridiculous at this point. Um, speaking of that, obviously Red Bull goes into the FIA to try to get further review on the Mercedes-Lewis-Hamilton penalty. 
I don't really know what the end game was here, uh, but I know it probably wasn't the result that they were looking for. Mercedes did come out with a response, so we'll read that really quick. The Mercedes-AMG Patronus F1 team welcomes the decision of the stewards to reject Red Bull Racing's right of review. In addition to bringing this incident to a close, we hope that this decision will mark the end of a concerted attempt by the senior management of Red Bull Racing to tarnish the good name and supporting integrity of Lewis Hamilton, including the documents submitted for their unsuccessful right of review. That in and of its like, what a sentence, first of all. Dude, like, shots fired, and they're standing their ground. I love it. Yeah, I was like, not only are these idiots wrong again, but don't get, like, don't get your dirty little hands on our precious boy. It's just so funny, man. But again, Marco's quote last episode of the real principles of Formula One. This, this is why the sport is so awesome, because it's obviously there's competition. There's, you know, fast cars, cargo vroom. But also it's like this whole soap opera thing that makes me feel like I'm just on a reality TV show or getting to witness it up front with all the little nitty gritty details that make it so spicy. And moving on to our last story of a very busy recent headlines. There's been some discussion about Hungary and some of their pretty absurd anti-LGBTQ laws that we have. And so there was a, a few LGBTQIA plus. My apologies, my apologies. Forgot those. It <laughs> kind of ran off the page and did not see that. So please forgive me, everyone. But uh, there were a few drivers that, uh, most notably Lewis and Seb, that have really come out against this, and uh, which is awesome. Lewis did have a very big post about it. Lewis is going to do what Lewis does, and if there's something inhumane or there is a social issue that really needs to be said. Lewis is always there to kind of stand out and say that. So that was a very nice post of him. Seb had some very, very slick shoes on uh, that were representing the community as well. So it was really nice to see these drivers come and come out, no matter how much they like Budapest, how much they like the city and the track that they're going to come out and, and, you know, say if there's some issues to, to go on and, and make those claims. And so, uh, Ian, I think you did a, a little bit of research about the actual laws behind it and just how ridiculous some of these laws are in Hungary. Yeah, I I did. I am not up to date on my Hungarian lawmaker happenings. So um, when I was looking into it, the actual law, quote, prohibits sharing content on homosexuality or sex reassignment to people under 18 in school sex education programs, films, or advertisements. So advertisements was the big kicker for me here. Like you're not, you're by law not going to allow people who are suggestedly homosexual um, to portray that within advertisements. Government says it's meant to protect children, but critics of the law say that it links homosexuality with pedophilia. So bit of a stretch, um, <laughs> if I understand homosexuality correctly. I think it's pretty different than pedophilia. Um, but yeah, it's just like a Hungarian lawmaker's Essentially saying that being gay and molesting kids are pretty much the same thing. Pretty wild thing to come out with. Uh, did only come out earlier this month, but really interested to see if the We Race as One rainbow logo is going to be shown much at the track this week. Yeah, maybe the drivers are going to do all they can to show it through themselves like we've seen. Uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see who draws a line and where the line is actually drawn. Yeah. And I think that does it for our recent headlines. Moving on, Anne is going to talk to us a little about the Hungaro Ring and some upcoming weather this weekend. Yes, I am. So let's get into it here. The Hungaro Ring, as it is called and referred to, uh, about 20 kilometers north of Budapest. Track's pretty old. They've been racing there since like the 1930s, but F1 has only been racing there since 1986. 
At that point, it was a pretty big deal that they started that race because it was behind the Iron Curtain during the Cold War. So a little bit of political uncertainty, I'd say. But uh, Bernie Ecclestein, who was the head of the FIA at that point, just said, hey, let's, let's send it. This is a really cool track. And we are glad they did. Got 14 turns around. Actually, a pretty short track. It's the sixth shortest track on the F1 calendar. Lap times are going to be around probably around 1 minute and 18 seconds to 1 minute and 21 seconds. Uh, super partial to cars that are good and low to medium speed corners. So high downforce package is super key here. Uh, less important the speed of the actual engine itself and more to do with good aerodynamics. So um, you can hear some rumblings about Ferrari kind of having a good week here, just like they did in Monaco. The track, as far as passing is concerned, there's one great passing straight right at the start finish line. So you'll see that as soon as they line up and, and they go, you'll see kind of like, a, you know, this is obviously where uh, where you would want to kick in that DRS. There's more than one DRS zone, but I think a lot of the passing you're going to see is just on that kind of bottom ring, the, the bottom of the ring. So used to be known like several years ago, I was listening to Roman Grosjean talk about it and used to be known as this dusty, bumpy track that a lot of, you know, a lot of spin-offs would happen just because your car would go airborne, but they did end up resurfacing it back in 2016, much to the appreciation of the drivers. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're, we'll see a, a lot less uh, spin out than we used to. Uh, but again, especially with that, the package that a lot of these teams are going to come out with is going to be super, super downforce heavy. Let's talk about Lewis Hamilton in this track. Lewis Hamilton is, I don't think it's official, I don't think the FIA has said it, but he is this track's daddy. Um, he has eight wins here at this track. Would have had nine if it weren't for an incident where he had to start from the pit lane in 2014. Danny Ricciardo ended up winning that race in a Red Bull, but even starting in the pit lane, he finished six seconds behind the guy. So. Uh, yeah, no surprise that uh, Lewis Hamilton also has the fastest lap at the circuit. One minute, 16 seconds, 0.627. As far as wins go, um, outside of Lewis, Michael Schumacher's got four. Ayrton Senna's got three. Nelson Piquet, Damon Hill, Jacques Villeneuve, Mika Hakkinen, Jensen Button, and Sebastian Vettel all have two. So, yeah, obviously there's a big gap between Lewis and the rest of the field here. Shows a lot of Mercedes dominance was what I was thinking, but... Uh, McLaren actually has a lot of wins here. So 11 McLaren wins, four of those were thanks to Lewis. Williams and Ferrari are tied in second for number of wins at the Hungaro ring with seven each. Mercedes has five wins and two for Red Bull. As far as weather and what we can anticipate, I feel like anytime we record this far in advance of the actual race, we always have to kind of walk on eggshells just because we don't know how the weather's actually going to end up thanks to European weather being a little wonky. But with that being said, we are going to go ahead and get our hopes up because at the moment it looks like it's going to be very hot and rainy. 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 Um, could get up to 93 degrees on Sunday during the race and precipitation is looking like it's just under 60% at the moment. I think given all this, given Lewis's number of wins at the track, just his overall dominance, his confidence of winning the race last weekend, albeit under some pretty special circumstances, odds should favor Lewis in a track like this. But again, we have a very angry and vengeful Max Verstappen that is going to do all that he can, maybe including slamming Lewis into the wall um, <laughs> before he sees Lewis at the top of the podium. So uh, yeah, I think I think this is just going to add to uh, to the race as far as excitement goes. Um, and speaking of the race, let's talk about a little bit of 
predictions and previews. Before we get to that, this part of the Eaton Asphalt podcast is brought to you by the Hungarian Duct Tape Company. Ever want something fixed? Maybe it's a bumper on a car, patching a hole in a bucket, or now with our new 2021 edition Extra Strength Tape, you can even keep the mouth shut of a scared, self-conscious homosexual child until they're at least 18 years old. That's right, our new tape is going through tests to conceal the words and thus thoughts of naturally occurring homosexuality among young children in the nation of Hungary. No more will the people of Hungary have to deal with that pesky little problem of your child being gay or even exposed to the fact that homosexuality, or pedophilia as we say it here in Hungary, exists. The Hungarian Duct Tape Company. Our country sucks. Thank you, kind of, kind of thank you to the <laughs> Hungarian Duct Tape Company. Uh, I've heard it's great duct tape. Don't really follow their values. And I think uh, a as, a, bit. <laughs> yeah, as a podcast, I just want to come out and say that don't fully support our advertisement, but that's how we pay the bills, and so sometimes we've got to take them. And moving on to our next sector, we're just really going to talk about with the summer break coming up, just some bullet point statements that we want to talk about for each of these teams as we go into this break. Going to kind of go rapid fire through these, but just some things, some major points that we've noticed since the first half of the season and maybe some ideas or expectations of what we're going to see for the second half of the season. All right, starting off with the Silver Arrows here, um, supposedly, if it hasn't happened already behind the scenes, and Mercedes will have a decision at the end of summer break. Um, I think everybody kind of realizes this already, and given George Russell's giddy little laugh when he was asked about his future, I think it's probably already safe to say that, uh, that congratulations, George Russell, for that second Mercedes seat. Lawrence Barreto was interviewing George Russell, and when he asked him about his future, I've never seen somebody so nervous trying to tiptoe around the question. He, like, laughed, awkwardly put forth half sentences for about 45 seconds, interrupted with laughter again a couple times, and it was just so awkward, man. He is acting like a fourth grader talking about a girl that everyone is convinced that he has a crush on, but he doesn't want to give it away. So, yeah, again, congratulations to George on his new seat. Yeah, and... With that being said, really springs the question is, what is Bottas' future? Jensen Button came out to say that Bottas should head back to Williams. I really don't know how many other options he has, so I don't think it's really like his pick of the litter. Uh, but yeah, we'll see where he ends up. That'll be a, a question moving on to the second half of the year as well. And moving on to Red Bull. First thing that we want to talk about is... They were interviewing Helmut Marco, and he did come out saying that he, they do want to keep the driver lineup the same. That basically says that we we will see a Mexican in the second seat of Red Bull, uh, which is good to see. Always have enjoyed uh, Perez and wanted him. If it weren't going to be George Russell, wanted him in the Red Bull seat next year. Yeah, and that's good. also good for Yuki Sonoda because I think that was also suggested that Yuki was going to get another shot. Don't think he's performed super well, but I do think in that junior team that they're going to give a little more leniency just for a guy to get up and running, unlike the uh, unlike the Red Bull seat, where I think they have very little patience for anything else other than excellence. The other thing I wanted to talk about with Red Bull briefly was the quote-unquote new evidence that they brought into the review for Mercedes. Um, I don't, if you saw it, it literally looked like an animation intern at like a graphic design studio put this together. And, you know, it was thrown out by the FIA under an hour and a half, but it, it was just so, so absurd. And literally, like, if you if you asked a new intern, like, hey, we're going to go and protest Mercedes on this. You need to cook us up a cool little animation, like, go. That was essentially what we got out of that. 
Yeah, pretty ridiculous. I still don't agree with that, those FIAs with uh, all that hard evidence that they gave them. But, uh, you know, life moves on. Moving on to McLaren. Uh, we've said this a couple weeks ago, but Lando has the longest streak of point finishes with 15 in all of McLaren, which beat out Hamilton, Alonso, Senna, and Prost. Yeah, just so impressive. I mean, the guy's, what, 20, 21 years old, and he's beaten out all these guys in terms of consistency. So, yeah, George is Mr. Saturday. He's Mr. Consistency. And, uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm excited to, to see how long he can go. It doesn't look like he's going to stop, barring some kind of, like, technical failure or uh, DNF from a crash. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on with Ferrari, they have continued to show uh, a positive trend that they've been making over the last year. They have two very strong drivers that can compete uh, at the the tier one level for a long time, which is great to see. And the car is improving itself. So Ferrari is almost back. And Alpine, uh, the future, unlike Ferrari, is not bright for them. Uh, They would need a a pretty decent run uh, around the second half of the season to have some sort of excitement moving forward. They're keeping the same drivers next year, which uh, their their finishes have not been uh, too exciting. The car does not show that it's uh, it's up to par that we saw uh, that improvement with Danny Rick last year. So, yeah, uh, we'll see how the second half goes. But uh, if it's any testament to the first half, uh, not going to be great. Yeah, CEO of Alpine was giving an interview, and he was talking about Fernando Alonso. I guess the way Fernando Alonso's contract set up is like a one plus one, so it's a one-year contract that they can exercise a second year off of. Obviously, with his performances, it looks like they will be exercising that second year at this point, but you got to think that this is not the way they planned it. Like, they wanted, they clearly wanted Fernando to be teaching Esteban, you know, kind of showing him the ropes, getting him up to be a championship level, championship caliber driver. Seems like that really hasn't happened. So, this does seem a little bit like a plan B for Alpine. Moving on to Haas, as if we didn't already know that these two drivers were different enough, we found out that the difference in their daily rituals before a race is wildly vast. Mazepin is a big techno dance music guy, typical Russian, and Mick listens to nature sounds. So your thoughts, which one would you be? Are you a big techno, like, you know, 808 bass going in your ears, or are you, you know, wanting to listen to birds in in a babbling brook? I think one of the few times I'm going to side with Nikita's choice of certain setups, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna lean on the Nikita side. I just, I was wishing Mick like would play some Bruce Springsteen, some throwback, some awesome rock or something like that. But yeah, Nature Sounds before uh, doesn't get me in in like racing mode. We're about to have a you know an epic race. So yeah, let's go Nikita. I mean, imagine going from like again like a creek and birds and a woodpecker into the sound of like a v6 which is like and you're like okay well a little bit of a fucking culture shock there right all right there are other teams on the grid obviously but not too much news coming out of them so we are going to move on to our race predictions for this upcoming race in hungary before we get there we do want to shout out our sponsors marco Yes, uh, so this part of the podcast is brought to you by High Guys Antidepressants. I know what you're thinking. There are plenty of antidepressants out there, so why choose High Guys as your go-to pill to make you not want to veer off into oncoming traffic? Well, I'll tell you exactly why. (laughs) We've been doing clinical trials for decades, making sure that this pill will fuck you up in all the right places. There were years where this formula was way, way, way fucking off. Now, this will completely violate HIPAA, but we're going to tell you some of these instances. In 2013 to 2016, we had an agreement with Mercedes to have the trial with both Sir Lewis and Nico Rosberg. As you know, their lifelong friendship began to crumble. Everyone was blaming racing, but unfortunately, it was these damn pills that were making them enraged. Hand up, our bad. 
But we did not let that stop us. We continued to force these pills down into innocent people in order to create an antidepressant of all antidepressants. Fast forward to 2021, and most recently, July 2021, we have the first images of this pill working and working very well. In a recent video released, we have George Russell being asked a very, very simple question, and this motherfucker looked like he went to the loony bin after a laughing gas session. The team at High Guys were watching, and we all looked at each other in harmony saying, booyah, we fucking did it. Send these pills out to the masses. You won't see any other antidepressant do that to someone. So act now, and if you order these bad boys in the next 30 minutes, we'll throw in a year supply of High Guys erectile dysfunction pills for free. We've only been testing these out on horses and gorillas, and these pills are very strong, even for them. The slogan behind these are, ever wanted a lifelong erection? Well, do we have the pill for you? Hi guys, we'll figure it out one way or another, no matter how many trials it takes. Appreciate Hi Guys, Hi Guys Antidepressants, um, new sponsor. So we haven't had the chance to try them out, but I really look forward to it. Yeah, I, I mean, if if they work half as good as they worked on George, I'm going to be a happy guy. <laughs> awesome. Let's go into race predictions as things currently stand today, July 29th. The score is Ian 12, Marco 9. Let's get into it. I'll have you go first. Who do we think will crash or DNF? I unfortunately have a bad feeling that Danny is coming off of a very good, strong finish and having all these expectations of him wanting to podium uh, or top five. But man, do I want to pick Max. Yeah, I mean, like, mine's Carlos, but Lewis is so tempting here just because (laughs) going into turn one, like, we know how F1 goes. These two guys are going to be on the front of the grid, and these, like, it's just bound to happen something. Someone's going to shoulder somebody off, even if it doesn't end up in a crash. I'm excited to see that first 10 seconds of the race. Right. And moving on to the important question, who do we think is going to win? I am going to go with Lewis Hamilton again to really mush Max's face in it. And if he wins, I think there's a chance that they could be tied going into the summer break, which would be sick. That would be awesome. I'm going to go with the other favorite with Max. I think he's going to be in murder mode. Uh, We've never seen Max ever this upset about something. I think it's just more fuel to the fire. That's what Red Bull has been saying, and I think he's just going to dust it. Love it. And on the flip side of that, Last place, I am going to go with the tank driver, the Canadian stallion, Nicholas Latifi. I'm going to go with Nikita Mazepin. You know, started the year off last place. I want him to end halfway through last place. Let's keep this trend going. And moving on to driver of the day, I'm going to go with someone that's been always in consideration pretty much every race with Lando. That's a good guess, and I'll go with Charles given the Ferrari's downforce package is pretty good. Next up, we have our douche of the day brought to you by Summer's Eve. Uh, Actually, Marco, why don't you give me your douche of the day? I am going to go with Perez. I think regardless if he does it on purpose or not, Red Bull is going to say, hey, you're going to have to take one for the team. You're taking taking a Mercedes out. That's such a good pick and I I, like the only reason I didn't pick that is because you picked it first, but I'm going to go with Kimmy uh, for douche of the day, the douchebag himself. Fastest pit stop minus Red Bull. I will go with Alpine. And I'll go with Williams. And last but not least, we have our wild card prediction. Ian, what's your wild card prediction? Okay, so I thought Danny in the top five was going to be too vanilla. So I'm going to go Danny and Carlos uh, finishing P5 or better. 
Okay, okay, I like it. I am going to go with both Max and Lewis will podium, not too crazy, but I think that when they're on that podium, they're not going to shower each other with champagne or really celebrate together, which, boy, I, if I've ever wanted a race prediction to happen, this is the race prediction I want to happen because, my God, the the views of us seeing them just completely ignore each other up there would be music to my ears. That's got to be in the back of their head too, right? If they're waiting on the mm-hmm. podium, whoever actually wins their national anthem is going, and during that national anthem, they're going to be thinking, I fucking hate this guy, so I'm not <laughs> going to party with him, even though we're both on the podium here. Yeah, when I first saw this, I was like, Max and Lewis on the podium, like, supposed to be a wild card, but it's a wild card in and of itself that both of them are going to finish, I think, at this point, just because of the hatred that's there. I think that there's a chance they could bump and rub against each other. Um, and yeah, the not showering on the podium thing I think is going to be a big, I think, chapter in the story of this season and story of the championship battle. So yeah, I'm with you. I want to see mine happen because I like Danny and I like Carlos, but I really want to see yours happen just for the kickback that they're going to get on, on social media, on all the journalists and all that stuff. Mm-hmm, absolutely. All right, and that'll do it for our race predictions. And before we go, we actually want to do a little bonus thing with the summer break. Um, Forbes came out with their list of projected top 10 2021 driver earnings. And so they gave the the top 10. Uh, we did this early in the season, and those were – I think these are a little more concrete. Uh, Ian, I don't believe that you've seen this list, and so we're going to do a little game. Let's go your guesses from 10 to 1 and estimated how much each is actually earning this year. Okay, so number one, I'm pretty positive that it's Lewis Hamilton. Nailed it. Nailed it. And I want to say, I think I actually saw, it's. I think he's like for, around $45 million a year. Mm-hmm. $62 million. Fuck, really? Just on salary? So No, no, it was a base, but he's already met a certain amount of bonus gotcha. and they already put their expected bonus uh so gotcha. yeah they expect i think you can get it up to 66 like you did last year but they said the projected would probably be 62 this year good lord 62 mm-hmm. okay good uh second would be max and yep. projected i would say he's probably around 40 42 42 nailed it exactly wow 42 bang son nice. um okay third i want to say I don't think it would be Valtteri. I would, I would say for uh, probably Alonso. Yep, three for three. Three for three, and then I'll say I bet there's a massive drop off. So I'll say down to like, uh, he's forty. Max is forty-two. I'll say thirty-one. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're on four here now. Yeah. Now this is when it's gonna get tricky. Um, yeah. This is gonna be tough. I'd say I'd go with another veteran, so probably Seb. Close, close. Okay. Valtteri, then. Less close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, not Seb, not Valtteri. Who else would be on the grid? Is it, it's not Kimmy. Nope. Uh, we'll give you uh, three guesses per round, so that was your third. Right. It was Sergio. Sergio. Okay. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. good for Sergio. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Happy for him. him. Fourth, I would say, and if see Alonso's at twenty-five, Sergio's at twenty-two. Eighteen. Okay, a little bit of a drop off there. Yeah, kind a of surprising. Bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then fifth place, fifth place has got to be Valtteri. That is also incorrect. Damn. Fifth place would be Sebastian. Nailed it. Yes. 
Okay. And put him at 16,000. 16 15, million. F- 16,000, you are correct. 16,000 bucks. <laughs> Uh, 15 million listeners. <laughs> hey, dude, he's always been super nice. He might have just donated, uh, you know, uh, 15 or 14 points, uh, eight of it, and then just kept that 16,000. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, him. Sebastian Vettel with 15 million for fifth. All right, what number are we on now? Six. Six. Uh, for my sixth guess, Valtteri hasn't been on yet, has he? Valtteri. Nope, and you're going to be cor- incorrect again. Incorrect again. Dude, Valtteri's getting fucked, I guess. <laughs> like like <laughs> the story of his career right here. I know. He gotta, I should have assumed, actually. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't even crack the top ten. Um, <laughs> what about, I w- actually, Ricardo. Put me Ricardo for six. Incorrect. You got one more guess for six. Ay, ay, ay. Ian, get your stuff together here. Um, oh, I forgot Ferrari boys. Probably Charles. Nailed it. Yep. Charles nice. got it on the last one. Nice, nice. And then I'd say thirteen mil a year. Twelve, yeah, very close. Twelve. All, All right, right, so we're on to seven. Seven's got to be Ricardo. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I've, I'm pretty embarrassed <laughs> at this, dude. I know uh, you went strong. This is like, and they're all the, the amounts are all pretty close too. Yeah. Um, well, actually, no, no, no. You're right. There was a tie for seven, so you are correct. Okay. Tie for seven. So, Ricardo and yeah, Danny and Kimmy gotta be. Nope, gotta be wrong. Danny and Carlos then. Nope. Um, I do. I have no idea. Danny and Lando. This was your one time to get Botas. This was Valtteri. Oh, I, for, I forgot about him. Honestly. <laughs> he, just, like he's off the list. Yeah, they like, definitely yeah, fucked him wrote, so bad. Where he's like, he's like sitting fifteenth. Totally wrote him off as not someone <laughs> in the top ten. So that they're seven tied for seven both, and eight. But, yep. All right, and then that's coming in at ten. Ten. Yep. Okay. Right, so we have nine, nice. nine and ten left. We got nine and ten left. I'll say nine is Charles. We have already used Charles, but uh, no. <laughs> okay, got that. Charles, uh, is I'll, say, I'll say nine is Carlos. No, nine. Actually, what I meant to say is I don't even. Is it Lance? Nope. Jesus, dude, this is Last oh one. Lando, Lando, nailed it. Yes, Lando. all right, and yep. he makes he makes eight, nine, nine. Okay. And last and but not least. Last but not least, Carlos. Yes. Nice. And he's coming in at six, I bet. Eight. Eight million. All right. Not bad. All right. So, yeah, not terrible. All right. And that'll do it for us for this 21st episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. As always, we appreciate everybody listening. I think I can speak for both of us when I say that this is going to be a very fiery race. Fireworks all over the place. Uh, any closing thoughts before we wrap up, Marco? No, no. I uh, yeah, I think this is an awesome setup to the summer break. With just, it's not going out boring, and it's going to make us that more excited for the start of it. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that this buildup doesn't let us down at all. Perfect. All right. Well, let's wrap it up then. Everybody have a great Grand Prix, and we will see you on the other side of the checkered flag. See you, assholes. All right. See you, assholes. <laughs>